0: The following is an exclusive presentation of U's Radio KMAN, your home for K-State athletics. This is Wildcat Insider with the voice of the Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson, and KMAN Sports Director, Mitch Fortner.
1: Okay, so we're all in agreement that uh, Kadarius Tony was offsides, right? He was offsides. He was. Now, I, I think there is an argument, though, that did he, did he not check with the official? He did. But he barely looked at the official. I'm not sure if he even looked enough to get a good answer from the official if the official did give him one. Well... The video that I looked
0: at shows him pointing to the official. Yeah. I'm not sure what he got back. I, I haven't seen that part of the video, but, man, that was nuts.
1: Chiefs losing to Buffalo in Arrowhead during the regular season is routine at this point. It's what happened three times now in the last three years or something like that. Kansas City. If you see him in the playoffs, it, you know we're sticking with the script here. It's yep. a win for the. It's a win for Kansas City. But man, I uh, who I think it was Patrick Mahomes said in his post game, which I mean he was just slaughtering that official on their sideline with f bomb this f bomb that about what he thought about the, the worst play or the worst call ever, and then he said something about. I've never even been in a game where that's been called. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever seen a game that had that had been called. And apparently, the NFL is now putting more emphasis on calling those type of things. You know, don't if we're opposed to giving a warning. Yeah, if we're gonna if we're gonna be you know judging the defense for lining up in the neutral zone, which is a common foul. Yeah probably need to do the same for the offense and not give these wide receivers or maybe a lineman, and, you know, any extra room for, you know, getting their playoffs started or getting their play started. Yeah. So, you know, I have to go back and maybe watch it, but I'm pretty sure Kareos Tony yes, he did point at the official, but he didn't really give him a look. It's just – it's a very routine thing to point at the official, ask am I on or am I back and am I off. Um. And some officials are different in the way they respond to those requests. There is not a rule where the referee has to tell you, yes, you're on, no, you're off. It's really just a courtesy thing as far as I understand.
0: Yeah, that's the way I understand it too. And I, I think a good official would probably tell you. I, I don't know that. Uh, it's just my, my belief. Um, I think they're there to help the game, right? Um, but, again, bottom line is you've got to line up right, too.
1: I don't think I've ever seen a team have more games where there's more controversial calls than the Chiefs, whether that goes in favor of them or against them. Probably a fair point. I, as many calls have, as they've been involved in, if you want to call them controversial, their wide receivers have had just as many drops. Yep. If not way more. Yeah. And there's not a wide receiver on that roster that isn't um, – innocent of, of not having a really bad drop
0: yeah it, it, it's really bothersome i think for chiefs fans everywhere though just based on the end of the game in green bay uh last week
1: um and yeah the no pass interference yeah, yeah
0: that was that was pretty egregious i mean i think I, even if you're for green bay i think you'd have to say yeah they probably missed that one wouldn't you yeah I mean yeah. that, I mean he yeah. was riding him for 5 yards. That, that that was awful. Um this was a I think more of a story if it was just a regular play and he's in the in the neutral zone at the snap, okay. But because of the result of the play, the Chiefs fans are going to remember that for eternity or many of them will.
1: I mean that was a that was a touchdown. Yeah. The, the non-pass interference call, you you would most likely assume Kansas City scores, yeah, and potentially wins the game. And then that would have, you know, last night would probably win the game for Kansas City. Mm-hmm. That touchdown was a helpful play by the way. I mean the throwback from um Travis Kelsey back to Kadarius Tony for the touchdown, that was a, an awesome play It really was. Quite yeah. the throw also from I he, I think. You can uh, tell
0: he's chucked it around a little yeah, bit. Travis yeah, Travis Kelsey
1: knows how to hit a wide receiver in stride. <laughs> yes, and he, he caught does. it. Yeah. And he caught it. Yeah, that's. that's Certainly capped ignore. a wild weekend for us, didn't it? Yeah, I guess that's what we Man. probably should say next. And by the way, in the Cowboys Eagles game, there was also an offensive or offsides on the offense. And I was like, I never, like before the Chiefs Bills game, I don't know if I've ever heard that yeah. from an official offsides offense. It just sounds backwards it sounds weird mm-hmm. you got to be happy though about your cowboys huh mitch they looked pretty good didn't they yeah they did no question <laughs> they looked pretty good they got out fast got out fast got up seven nothing and then 10 nothing and then by the way boy kicking a lot of long field goals aren't they well at least look at the bright side they've got somebody who's pretty good at it Yeah.
0: (laughs) That dude has a leg and a half now. Now,
1: unfortunately, I mean, the Eagles, even though Dallas and and Philly are tied top of the NFC West, if they were to remain tied throughout the rest of the regular season, it's the Eagles that win the division by tiebreakers. So uh, At least as of today. We've got a long ways to go. Dallas, Dallas, you know, a little little bit of work to do. I think they'll be fine. But I'm not... Listen, more than one person has come into the office today and said, how about them Cowboys looking pretty Super Bowl worthy? And I'm like, listen, they... They're not suiting up Deuce Vaughn every week, and when you do that, they get a little shaky for me, so I can't say Super Bowl quality yet until Deuce is uh, sticking around for the for the long haul. All right, welcome to Wildcat Insider. I am Mitch Fortner with the voice of the Cats. Wyatt Thompson, A.J. Shaw is on our board today. He'll also answer your phone calls if you want to chime in with a question or comment. 785-537-1350. Again, the phone number is 785-537-1350 is the phone number if you want to to call in, um, yeah, it was crazy week, crazy weekend. There's uh, no doubt about that. Um, first of all, Wyatt, Cats have now won five in a row. They won two this week. Um, you know, Obviously, Naquan is no longer on the team. We're going to get to everything, but I wanted to ask, now that I remembered, the trip to Baton Rouge. Mm-hmm. Not only were you on a trip with a player from Louisiana, you're on with a coach. From Louisiana and Marco Bourne. Yeah. Um, how was your Baton Rouge trip? Because I, I know I love just Louisiana for what it's worth. It's just such a different state. It is. I guess I
0: a a couple of thoughts. One, I didn't realize that it was that close to New Orleans. Mm-hmm. I understand it's less than 90 minutes away. Yeah. Uh, secondarily, I was a little surprised because I had no expectations or whatever. I hadn't heard that much about Baton Rouge, never had been there. All of those kind of things. It was bigger than I thought. It was more congested than I thought. There was more water <clears throat> water than I thought. Um, the atmosphere at the arena was not very good. Uh, yeah, I saw that I was so because I had you know, to... in, in fairness, okay, you've, you've got a couple of factors there. One, the students are gone, which is sure. always a big factor. And then secondarily, those people there are concerned not about the basketball game, but if Jalen Daniels is going to win the Heisman that night.
1: Yeah, I yeah. mean that's really all they were talking about. It was a big night for for LSU. Yeah. It had nothing to do with basketball. Yeah, yeah.
0: But I enjoyed the experience. The dinner Friday night was excellent. Um, really, I mean, and and just the, you know, being there and experiencing it for the first time. Because right outside of the arena, the the football facility and the basketball facility are not necessarily side by side, but they're very, very close. And you come out of the basketball arena and kind of walk around the corner and they've got an outdoor, uh, I, I guess in, enclosure with a uh, tiger in it. And yeah. so many people were going by that. It, w- it was extraordinary to see. We, we had to park. Um, we, we walk right by that to get to the lot we were in. Um, and you know, I'm talking about Stan and myself and and Tom Gilbert our media relations director so we we took some pictures and it was it was it was a unique experience also like the fact this doesn't really matter to anybody but I'll just throw it out there since you asked is I when I was a, a kid I loved Pete Maravich I thought he was the coolest thing on wheels long hair floppy socks take every single shot, you know, what, whatever. Yeah. All-time I mean, he, leading scorer in college oh, yeah. basketball. Oh, yeah. He, yeah. And in three years with no, with no three-point shot, he averaged 44 points a game for three years. 44. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he was kind of the guy, right? And to be there and kind of see some of the stuff around there and play in the Maravich Assembly Center and all of that kind of stuff was pretty neat. Enjoy. And a good win. Great win.
1: Yeah, and another <laughs> no doubt. Another thought for the LSU fans, you know, men's basketball probably isn't the uh, top choice for buying tickets in, with basketball. Sure. They're in Baton Rouge because the women's basketball team, Kim Mulkey's the head coach. They just won a national championship. Angel Reese is now back on the team. Yeah, and when I was there, when I walked into your, we were there Friday night to practice a little bit.
0: It was maybe an hour-ish. Uh, then w- went to dinner. When I got back in there on Saturday morning, because we went on the air at 11.30, so I got there a little before 10, um, they were just finishing up the women on the floor, and uh, Coach Mulkey was there. I didn't get a chance to speak to her, but uh, they were kind of wrapping up stuff, and boy, she's made women's basketball there a big deal pretty quickly, hasn't she? Yeah, pretty
1: quickly, to say the least. yeah a little dramatic there but Angel Reese back with the team and uh, they're doing quite well. By the way, Donaldsonville is where Cam Carter is from. Yeah. That's actually between Baton Rouge and in New Orleans. Yeah. So Donaldsonville's really close to Baton Rouge. So I imagine 35 miles. So I looked it up. <laughs> did you count up how many family and friends he had
0: had there? I was I didn't count them, but I was told uh, with parents, a brother, grandparents, other family, friends the number was about 15-ish. Good. Here's what you should really know, though. And I didn't realize this until after the game in visiting with Tom Gilbert on our way to the to the uh, airport. He had mentioned that the parents weren't there right at exactly the start of the game. And you know why? Because Cam's brother was graduating from Southern University that morning.
1: Oh, no kidding. Yeah.
0: So they were tight getting in there. And as you know, if you watch the game or and or listen, he was amazing in the first half. Oh, yeah. And oh especially my God. in the first ten or twelve minutes of the game, he made everything. And so that that was really cool. And as you said, other ties there. Marco born from from New Orleans, uh Dorian Finister is a Louisiana Dorian, player. that's right. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. um, and, and and as I mentioned with Coach Tang on pregame, you know he's he told me that he has helped recruit five Gatorade players of the year from Louisiana to Baylor, <laughs> and I think he can't wait to get his – he calls them the Louisiana animals.
1: You ever hear is him that say it? that? Yeah. I, I, I was just thinking about that. I thought it was like Louisiana maniacs or something, but may, <laughs> maybe animals is right. Yeah, yeah I think
0: that Louisiana, Louisiana animals uh, is what, what he – his phraseology on it. And they do have athletes there. There's no question about that. The other – I guess shouldn't leave Jarrell Colbert out – he spent his first year of college basketball at LSU. Yeah. Only played in four games and 27 total minutes, but he was there. And he, I saw him when he came out. He he shook the hands of several guys that he knew. And uh, so it was uh, it was an interesting trip, to say the least.
1: Tuesday, Cats beat Villanova in overtime, uh, 72-71. And then the win on Saturday, uh, 75-60. Yeah. K-State goes on the road, first true road game of the year, and beats the LSU Tigers. Uh, you know I want to talk more about these games obviously, but i I, I suppose w- we should touch on the impact now of no longer having Naquan Tomlin available you know maybe a side of what has been going on behind the scenes um the uproar obviously from the fan base about Naquan being held out and then we learned the day after the villanova game he has been dismissed from the team if you just look at this from a from an actual team aspect, I mean, you're talking about who would you probably consider the top returner from last year's team that went to the Elite Eight, has NBA possibilities. He could have potentially stayed in the NBA draft process and been selected. Um, and then he ends up this year not playing a game this season for K State. Now he's in the portal. I know he's visiting Memphis today. And very quickly, this is going to be a very quick process for Naquan. He's going to end up on another team and eligible to play yeah. at the beginning of next semester.
0: Well, it's certainly impactful. I think everybody would expect us to say that. This is a guy who a year ago was just under 11 points and about six rebounds a game. But when you think about those numbers with two All-Americans on the team with Marquise Noel and Keontae Johnson... And others, like a Sills and, and other guys, that's a pretty legitimate uh, number or two there. And I think, much like what we've experienced with Cam Carter, look at the difference in roles with Cam. I believe we could safely say that that could have been the case this time for Naquan. Unfortunately, it's not going to happen. Uh, he's going to move on. Um, you know what? It, it's sad for me. Uh, I wish K-State had him, but they don't and I would say this I think they have played pretty good basketball with him what I'm most excited about is is I think they are continuing to improve and continuing to get better and honestly and I'm excited to say this I don't think they're close to how much better they're going to get over the next you know period of time here you know through this season you can see it they're they're making progress um isn't always perfect I mean they they were up 15, 16 points, and boom, the next thing you know, it's only three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that was probably the poorest stretch of a pretty good overall performance, honestly. Um, Cam was awesome in the first half. Arthur was rebounding everything, you know, most of the day. Um, Will McNair, there's, a, there's another guy, of, I guess, a, an example of what I'm talking about. Where, did you hear coach in postgame on, on the network? He basically, in a nutshell, said, and I'm paraphrasing here a little bit now, but he basically said there is things in him that none of us have seen yet. <laughs> so he's excited about his future, too. He's gotten better. He's in better shape, uh, better minutes, more scoring, more rebounding, all of those kind of things. This team is learning and evolving, and I'm excited about it.
1: I mean— I was thinking about this earlier in the offense. I mean, if you look at the starting five for K-State with Tyler Perry, Arthur Kaluma, Cam Carter, Will McNair, and, you know, and also David Gasson. You know, it depends on the lineup, if Data Ames is in the lineup or right, whatever. But right. I'm going with the five that started against LSU. Right now, they're on kind of five different paths right now of what their seasons have been. Other than Cam Carter, who I've been with impressed with the most, um, actually, in a way, it's a tie, but they're not on the same level. And it's Arthur Kaluma and Will McNair. Mm-hmm. Arthur's numbers are almost across the board. Everything is better than what he did at Creighton. Oh, for sure. And he is playing phenomenal basketball right now. I mean, he is he's doing everything that you from from offense and defense.
0: Well, you get you get into a new system, change is hard. We all know that. He gets into a new system. K State's playing in Vegas on opening night, and I remember that's the first thing when you said that that popped into my mind, what he looked like that night in Vegas and what he looked like Saturday and or go back to the game against Villanova. And the, the difference in those two games and that first game, I don't think I'm overstating it a whole heck of a lot, saying it's pretty close to night and day difference, wouldn't you think? I mean, it's pretty, pretty different. And he is getting more and more comfortable with, with the offense. They've got more stuff in for him now. Um he just is playing looser with more confidence. Um he had that play the other day with that twisting layup with oh. a scoop shot with the right hand off the stole the off, rebound off the window. Yeah. yeah. Uh from on the left side of the rim. I mean he's he's just playing at a much higher clip right now with with a lot of confidence i think
1: and nate or uh, i'm sorry uh, arthur coloma was named the big 12 player of the week yeah for the for his efforts the last couple of games against lsu uh arthur was six of eight from the floor he had three of his four three pointers 17 points 11 rebounds and an assist and a block and then against villanova on tuesday he was 10 of 13 from the floor 26 points and nine rebounds four assists um, the game turnovers were a little bit too high, but I mean, gosh, yes, ever since the u s c game, he has been outstanding. My thoughts on will McNair is that, okay, when he got picked up, you know, it was pretty I can't remember exactly when it was, but I remember it being pretty late, yeah, in the whole process, he may have been the last <laughs> player picked up he was, okay, so well.
0: I better double check that to make sure because Quez was a little bit late, too, but I think Quez came before him if I'm not mistaken. I'll, I'll look at that during the break, but I think that's right.
1: You know, didn't really I, I don't, don't remember how much he played at Mississippi State, but I, when I thought about the pecking order in my head about who would play the five, I would think maybe he was third string. You know, he'd be playing behind Jarrell Colbert, sure. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm more impressed the more he plays. He did just about everything right except your traditional post-up move and score against Villanova. And then even that was starting to click a little bit more against LSU. I thought he plays pretty good defense without fouling. He'll block some shots. Mm-hmm. Doesn't rebound as much as um, Kaluma and Gassan, but he'll still rebound for you. Yeah. And by the way, that play against Villanova, I mean, I, I said this last week, and I think it's my favorite play of the year so far is when he got the deflection in the steal, he runs up the floor with the defender on his hip, I mean attached to him like Velcro, and goes up and scores it in transition. And then his big smile on the way back, worth the price of admission just for that. Well, to see, uh, let's refresh our minds here.
0: You're talking about a man who's 6'11 and 265 doing that. That's that's pretty good. And I I like him personality-wise. Uh, I do think he's getting better, as as we said too. Um, yeah he he signed um, he signed pretty late, but dividends now he's giving them more than I thought he
1: might, especially early. Let's see, Will McNair right now is averaging nine points, four and a half rebounds, shooting sixty three percent. Yep,
0: thirty four of fifty four. That's pretty good. <laughs>
1: All right, let's take our first break. When we come back, uh, we're going to be kind of back and forth with football and basketball, a lot of storylines, a lot of things to talk about from this past week. But uh, what I want to talk about next is actually news that just broke an hour or two ago, and that is there is another Wildcat starter that has decided to enter the transfer portal. That news is up next. Back, it is Wildcat insider Mitch Fortner, the voice of the Cats, Wyatt Thompson, A.J. Shaw wearing his K-State hat. And a lavender polo. I gave him a uh, big shout-out for that last week. So, And Wyatt's wearing lavender, too. I'm wearing white. I've I've had this hat since my freshman year, and I don't intend on getting rid of it anytime soon. What class, or uh, what, uh, I, I want to say grade, but are you a, what are you, I'm what are you now? I'm just going to graduate in May, hopefully. Oh, okay. So I'm almost done. What's next? It's a great question. Probably work here for a little bit. Okay. We'll give you something to do.
0: don't say hopefully though say i'm
1: graduating in may you'll make it hopefully (laughs) (laughs) are you on your you but you're not exactly on senioritis yet or anything you're not coasting to the end does that happen at k-state in college or whatever for you a little bit a little bit i didn't really have senioritis when i was in high school I did, oh, big time! <laughs> did you? Oh yeah! I'm out of here. Baby. I had three shop classes out of seven. <laughs> no way! <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just I had all my credits, other than a couple I needed to grad. Yeah. Like like most kids in high school, you could probably graduate early if you really wanted to. Mm-hmm. But I like needed a math, and I'm done. And so I just decided to, I, you know, I had, a, <laughs> I had a class It was called construction tech, and we would literally build a house. I was wow. kind of Every in the year. same boat as you were. I took a bunch of random classes that I didn't really need to take, but I wanted to take them. So that's why I didn't really have senioritis. I was just kind of like, "Yeah, go ahead and take it." And I t- then COVID happened, and everything went to crap. <laughs> I took three hours of that construction tech, and then t- I did two PEs, which one was just as a stu- like just as a uh, just a regular student in the class. And then the last hour of the day was it was like a student teacher type of thing, or like a teacher oh. aide or whatever. And I decided, because every senior can do that in a class, and I decided to do PE and uh, got along really well with the teacher, so I knew I'd probably get it, and I did. So there you go. It was a lot of fun. Senioritis, absolutely. I coasted (laughs) to the end. (laughs) Okay. um, Let's talk transfer portal. Um, I know that's among many other things Um, on KSA fans' minds right now. Got a couple of updates over the weekend. As a matter of fact, one of them was today. Will Lee is going to Texas A&M along with offensive coordinator Colin Klein. We'll talk about that, of course, um, a little bit later on as well. Jake Rubley, quarterback, uh, today committed to Illinois State. Uh, Today we found out, and I believe this is number 19 in the portal, and that's including walk-ons and scholarship. Right. I believe on scholarship it's now 14 with this latest. And I'll be honest with you, this this is the one that hurts the most. Matt Lack is up there. That came a little bit of a surprise, but he has his reasons. Kobe Savage, defensive back, safety for the Cats, has decided to enter the transfer portal as a uh, senior with one year of eligibility remaining. So the 5'10", safety, his K-State career comes to an end after – Two, I thought, very good seasons. He got hurt at the end of 2022. And did not get to play the last couple of games. Um, but, I mean, a three-interception season, I picked him to be my leader for interceptions this year. He started to play a lot quicker after games two or three, and he was very strong in Big 12 play. He is a very vocal leader, and now he's going to find somewhere else for his last year of eligibility. Yeah,
0: well said. And I think what I would add to that is is simply this – I. I'm like you, surprised that that he went in, and I say that based on you know what he has always said about how much he likes it here, loves the fan base. I mean, his dad, if we're being honest, was, has been pretty vocal on social media yeah. about how, how great it's been here for, for Kobe and, yeah. and so on his, and so forth. His dad's great, yeah. So, to me, what that says is, is there's some money out there for Kobe. I'm just being honest about that. I, I think that's probably what this is, and... You know what? That's what the portal has become. It just is. I I I will tell you this. You're right, K State now with 19 and I think 14 of those scholarship players is accurate. Um doing some work and and looking at some of the other teams. Uh last count for me, you know how many North Carolina State had in who K State plays in the Pop
1: Tarts Bowl has? That is a good question. I actually looked that up earlier, but I didn't feel like the list was complete. I I thought maybe nine or ten, but I may have been off a little bit. It's up bit. to seventeen. <laughs> I, I was off. Yeah. Yeah. Up to seventeen. Well, is that uh is that Peyton um Wilson guy? <laughs> You're just hopeful there. I, I don't know if you've if anybody out there has ever heard of this. This Peyton Wilson guy, but he plays defense for NC State. Will Linebacker. Yeah. Good he player just, number 11. He just happened to win over the weekend the Chuck Bednarik Award, which goes to the best defensive player in the nation. And K-State's going to play against him in the Pop-Tarts Bowl. Well, he is a dude. Yeah. I, I will say that. We're we're talking about 11
0: and a half tackles per game. That's a lot of tackles per game in, in this day and age of college football. He's long. He can run. He has a mean streak in him. Uh I've watched the uh final game of theirs for the regular season when they hosted North Carolina and they won that game, I think it was thirty nine to twenty. And he was all over the place, sideline to sideline, really, really fine player. Plays with with an edge, an attitude, whatever you want to say. Yeah. I, I I would be perfectly fine if he were in the portal today, but unfortunately that's not the case. Uh, he or opt out for the draft. Yeah, he, well, yeah, because that's kind of what's next for him, I think. Yeah. He, he, he's a he, six-year
1: um, senior. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, uh, but he's – I'm not positive on this. I, I guess I can look here. I've, I've got their numbers, but he was within an eyelash of getting to 400 career tackles in that last game. Let me, make, let me see if he got there. <sighs> I mean, think about 400 career tackles. That's that's crazy. He got well. He has 138 this year, 17 and a half tackles for loss, six sacks, ten quarterback hurries. And he's again. You get the point. The guy can play.
1: 403 career tackles. Yeah, for so him. he did get there. You
0: yeah, go. And I, I'll I'll double check too because I I knew. Well, I don't know that I have that available right at the moment, but he had to get a certain amount to, to get to 400 and against North Carolina. And it was like, whew, he's going to get there. He may get there in the early part of the third quarter.
1: The reason he's a six year senior is a couple of years ago he got hurt. And Correct. then he a freshman he got hurt. Yep. And it was pretty early in the year. Um, and then when he played his first full season with the Wolfpack, he was first team all ACC. So yep. he's been an impact player since he was able to play football healthy. For NC State. So, it, 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 yeah. But back to the, the portal for everybody, yeah. though.
0: I, I, I mean, I know some fans are probably concerned about the high number, but I, I just want to make the point that this is more the norm now than you might think. I mentioned, I think, NC State is at 17-ish. It may be 18 now. I'm not totally sure. But I, I'm going to be doing the Las Vegas Bowl coming up on the 23rd on radio and as an example, Utah has 18 in the portal. I put two quarterbacks on my depth chart today. And then later in the day, found out that
1: both are in the portal. Yeah.
0: <laughs> So yeah. it's, it's like it's just mind-boggling, man. I was It's actually, just
1: every day. It's funny you brought that up because I was going to ask you at some point, like, have you started working on your K-State, NC State? So I know you're a guy, you like to get ahead on all your work. You'll have your charts done two weeks in advance. <laughs> you get a lot of work done in a short period of time, and you're ahead of the game for sure. Um, I'm more of a crammer last minute because that's just how I remember things better. Of course. But, I'm uh, a little of both, actually, if I'm being honest. I mean, are you yeah. probably not going to be able to start on all that until maybe game week when depth charts come out? Mm.
0: Well, I've been working on all four of the teams k state north carolina state utah northwestern for for a little while here but it it and like when you said done i I would refute that a little bit, just yeah, I am a work ahead guy, and if this were a normal regular season ish game uh yeah, I'd be probably four or five days ahead of most uh but that's just how I've chosen to do it. But now at the end of the year with the portal, it's almost impossible to have it done. And, and I really think that this kind of news um, could go all the way up to game week, to, to be honest with you. whether you're, It doesn't matter which team or program you're talking about. I think this is just you know what it is. All, if people are wondering, too, by the way, all the K-State coaches are out this week. Uh, recruiting. recruiting. They, they, yeah. they had practices Saturday and Sunday. We'll go again next weekend and then into early next week and then the 23rd they're 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 off for Orlando.
1: And I'm not going to lie I could, I could speak for just about everybody that loves K-State that we could really use some good news Yeah, uh, that don't have to do with the result of a game. Right. You know, the K-State women's basketball game tw- team is 12th in the nation. K-State men have now won five in a row. They're both doing pretty dang well but outside of that the actual games it's been a lot of bad news lately at least it feels like it's been just a lot of bad news things adding up one after another last week was a rough week despite the wins yeah um i miss you know,
0: let me just jump in there and say you mentioned uh will lee earlier mm-hmm. jake rudely those types of guys i was i said here a week ago and said that i i was surprised with with will lee i was under the impression that he was happy here, I'm not saying he he was or he wasn't. Now, that's not what I mean, but there's there's more things that that are into this thing now because of the monetary part of it, and I I, I just believe that's what you're dealing with. So, yeah. it doesn't don't don't take it personally if you're a fan that so and so leaves because he didn't like it here cuz that that might be the absolute last reason.
1: Well, we could it wrap may it up. maybe first too. we could wrap it on there. I just want to give one more thought about that. You know, you mentioned Utah here you're game planning for for the Las Vegas Bowl. You know, they and K-State kind of went into this year with very similar goals. Very. Both coming off conference championships, they expected they had high expectations. Yeah. And for, you know, they all they both had their own reasons, but things didn't go as well. I'm sure both fan bases thought it was a little bit of a disappointing season wasn't as big as you possibly could you expected it to be. And when you're just not riding that high momentum like you were the previous year, you're, you're mo- more likely to see guys sure. jump to the portal for whatever reason. And, and it's younger guys, too, yeah. honestly,
0: in, in a lot of cases. Just, just for Utah as an example, they played five ranked teams. Their four losses at Oregon State, Oregon at home, at Washington, at Arizona. That's a pretty hard schedule. Even if they were a 10-win ten, a ten team last year. <laughs> And back-to-back uh, Pac-12 champions, they're still pretty good at eight
1: and four. <laughs> Let's take a break when we come back. K-State women's basketball stomped, yeah, a pretty dang good Mizzou team, and also you know they just happened to uh, score one hundred and one against another non-con opponent in Bramlage. The K-State women riding high. We'll talk. about. It's Wildcat Insider on K-Man. Mitch Fortner and Wyatt Thompson along with A.J. Sean are board today. K-State Women's Basketball, 9-1. They have won three in a row after they beat the Missouri Tigers on Saturday from St. Joseph, Missouri. It was the Bill Snyder Classic. 84-56. This had been a pretty good Mizzou team heading into the game. And the Cats take care of business thanks to a big third-quarter where K-State outscored the Tigers 36-12. to And it was everybody involved in this one. As a matter of fact, when I, I didn't get to watch the whole game, but I just happened to check out the third quarter when I was able to watch it. And they were doing just about everything they wanted to do. K-State made tw- 35 buckets on 25 assists. 25 assists on 35 buckets. Just 11 turnovers in the game. And you had four in double figures. 28-9. and nine. She was one rebound short of the record. Aokali still waiting for the school record for career double-doubles. She still needs just one more, but 28-9. Uh, Briley Glenn, who has been really good the last couple of games, had 12 points, 11 from Serena Sundell and 8 assists and 10 points from, from Gabby Gregory. This team is really coming together as a true team with depth. And now I, I, I think we've seen it the last couple of weeks – really getting after teams on both sides of the floor. We're really seeing offensively now with them shooting well. They were, hey say, 49% from the field against Mizzou. They scored 36
0: third-quarter points and made 15 of 21 shots. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty darn good. The other thing that, that really sticks out, and we were talking off-air about this, but, well, I, I'm going to throw this one at you, and then we'll make that other point. Um is just 148 points away from 2,000. So she's going to be a 2,000-point scorer here, I think.
1: I shout to uh, at CatFan28. Does a really good job of sharing a lot of info about K-State women's basketball from recruiting to stats. And speaking of stats, he tweeted a bunch out earlier today and did a lot of work for me. I appreciate it there, uh, Brad. Um, but... K State women's basketball is number three in the nation in three point field goal defense, fourth in the country in field goal percentage defense, ninth in the nation in defensive rebounds, twelfth in the nation in scoring defense, fourteenth in the nation in assist to turnover ratio, fifteenth in the nation in assists. Aoka Lee has the eighth best shooting percentage in the country. And I've been giving her a whole bunch of shout outs lately because I just I love watching her play. I love her leadership with the offense, and she's just a true freshman. But the Phillipsburg native, Taryn Sides, has the third best assist to turnover ratio in the nation. Wow. A true freshman is making that big of a difference very early in her career. Yeah, 38
0: to 6. That is crazy. And we were talking off air about we were going to bring up Serena Sundell because she's at 49-19 yeah. assist to assisted turnovers, and that's which big. is
1: brilliant. Yeah. It had too many uh, yeah. you know turnovers last year, but she was trying to do so much to be a leader for that team without Aoka Lee. Yep. All those players had to do more than what they typically would if Lee was healthy. And, yeah, now, I mean, Serena over the last couple, two or three weeks, ever since the tournament, has been just playing lights-out basketball.
0: Well it it's just remarkable all of the top 15s or so that you mentioned there and and you you understand this is where we probably should mention again they've played Iowa twice they've played Wisconsin they've played Western Kentucky and North Carolina
1: <laughs> I mean you're 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 mentioning tournament teams Wyatt. <laughs> yeah that's exactly
0: yeah. right and and um I, I've seen a lot of, uh, again, I'm not a real big Twitter guy, but I've seen a lot of people on Twitter that they're they're ranked 12th and they should be in the top 10. And
1: they 100% probably, should be a yeah, top 10 team. Probably so. And then before that, uh, earlier in the week, beat McNeese 101-39, to uh, just slaughtered him. I mean, they just did what you would expect him to do against a team like McNeese. The whole team was involved in that. That was a fun game just to watch the bench. I mean, just Gisella, uh Gisela Sanchez, Terrence Sides, Eliza Moppin. Zai Walker has been awesome so far this season, coming off the bench in a spark type of role. Rebecca Dallinger uh, was a part of that as well. So um, now coming up next for the K-State women is home games. They're going to play three straight at home before conference play starts. They'll have North Florida this Saturday at 4, Monday against Oral Roberts at 6.30, and then December 20th against Southern at six thirty, so K State fans, go get your tickets because make this as clear as I possibly can. K State women's basketball is very good this year. Oh yeah, I mean this this is just this is the number twelve team in the nation, and they should be top ten. Well, they they're just doing so
0: many things well. I think that's yeah. the thing, and and they're you know what, <laughs> you you want to talk about um, good buys for the money? A women's basketball ticket cost would would be in that neighborhood. I I understand it's you know right before Christmas but you, that's a that's a goodbye boy uh, I mean just just go you got
1: got to go a few times this year to watch them play they're they're worth it all right let's take a break when we come back we'll finish up the hour with jumping back to K State football more accolades for a uh, guy that doesn't need to be uh introduced but He's probably the best offensive lineman in K-State history. That's next on Wildcat Insider. What about them next on Wildcat Insider? I want a Wildcat Insider. Want to tip our caps before we uh, head to the top of the hour to K-State senior left guard Cooper Beebe. He's been named an All-American a whole bunch of time over the last few days. The latest one is from the uh, Associated Press and also the Cotton Bowl has named Cooper Beebe, an All-American, also the AP has named Ben Sinnott a third-team All-American. Beebe now is now a first-team member on three of the five All-America teams used by the NCAA to select consensus All-American teams. He was also named the Walter Camp first-team on Friday, and then uh, the American Football Coaches Association um on tuesday sporting news or i'm sorry uh, american football coaches will announce on tuesday sporting news will be announcing on wednesday so fingers crossed cooper beebe consensus all-american and it won't take too long his name will be in the ring of honor
0: yeah which was a goal of his we yeah. kind of found that out this summer on, on the Capbacker tour he talked a lot about that and i just loved every second of of him being with us he was so good and uh, like most of the young people in our program are, and I, I'm so excited for him. Uh, it's going to be a little different without him because he has. You, you said it. I mean, he's he's cleaned up with some serious awards in this off season. Uh, probably as much as anybody in recent memory, right? I mean, and we've had a lot of good football players here. <laughs> he has really he's done it. I mean, he was a finalist
1: for the Campbell. I mean, it, it, it's just ripping. Which that award went to Sweat of Texas, correct? And unfortunately, it was an award that didn't just honor offensive linemen. They also put defensive interior defensive linemen tackles in there yep. as well. And I'm like, well, Texas is a playoff team. Sweat yep. has a lot of stats to back him up, um, individual stats. I was like, that I don't feel good about Cooper winning that, but I think he should. Unfortunately, he didn't. Was though? I mean, the way you probably should look at it,
0: one of the three best in the country. Yeah. That's that's
1: on either side of the ball. Yeah. That's it. That's that's uh, high level high level stuff right there. All right, we're at the top of the hour, so let's go ahead and take a break. When we come back, uh the big football news for this past week for K State has to do with an offensive coordinator by the name of Colin Klein, who's also in the Ring of Honor. He has taken another job. Plus Arthur Kaluma named Big Twelve Player of the Week, will get a preview of the Nebraska Cornhuskers who are in town on Sunday, hour two next.